His and Hers Horror features two adults discussing horror movies, serial killers, and other spooky content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. listening to his and hers horror my name is tia and i'm david and it's the fun episode you guys yes it is do you know what episode number it is yeah i do i edit them all that's true what's (laughs) the episode number david it's the nicest number in the world it's episode 69 (laughs) and because we are adults and we are very mature we have taken this as the opportunity to do an episode all about horror movies that have to do with sex so not everybody enjoys sex. Sure. This so we still love all of our asexual listeners. Yes. However many of you there are, we still love you, and we hope this episode does not make you uncomfortable. And our asensual listeners. The, yes, all all of the things. We love everybody. But we're going to be talking about movies that relate to sex. Yes, we're not going to look at like assault revenge films. Right. right. It would have been very easy for us to go down that road because that is, I honestly feel like that's a subgenre in and of itself when it comes to horror. Absolutely. And honestly, for 69, that that's some giving and receiving right there. That's some mutual benefit. Yeah, we wanted to look at like consensual sex. At for least, the most part. For the most part. So full disclosure, this episode's going to get weird. <laughs> yeah. Because you can't really look at consensual sex horror movies without also getting into some weird shit. Yeah. So, listener dis- and listener discretion for this episode is especially advised. I mean, it says it in like, the intro, so, Well, you know. I mean, th- even more so, though, this time. Fair, fair. There's going to be, like, as much as we talked about dicks in the Aliens franchise episode. Oh, there's going to be all sorts of dicks There's going to be one. way more dick talk here. This will be very f- Phallic full. Phalliful? Fal- I don't Falafel? know. <laughs> I don't know, y'all. I'm hungry. I don't know. We're going to be talking about a different kind of ball- different kinds of balls. Jeez. You know, here's the thing. I know my mom listens to this show because whenever she listens to a new episode, she'll like text me and give yeah. me her thoughts. I'm so fucking excited. All right, folks. So let's strap For her on. To listen and, to this episode. I mean. I mean, strap in. <laughs> to each their own, as consenting adults and all that. Oh, yeah. But real quick before that. Sure. Dun, 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 dun. This week in horror. Yeah. Okay, so I technically don't actually have anything. Oh. I know. Well, then why'd you do that? I do want to give a quick update. Oh, okay. Yeah. So folks who follow us on Twitter will know I've been reading the Final Girl support group. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were telling me a little bit about that book. Yeah, yeah. it's it's really good. I have finished it, mm-hmm. but I just finished it, like, this morning. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a review for it as of yet, outside of to say that I enjoyed it. Okay. And I am looking forward to reading more stuff by that author. Well, I mean, that's, that's a positive. Yeah, Grady Hendrix, he's got another book called, like, I think it's called My Best Friend's Exorcism. Oh, neat. Uh, I think that's probably going to be in the next book of his that I read. Cool. I don't know. But I, it's hard to give non-spoilery, off-the-cuff thoughts. So oh, I wanna, absolutely. So I want to actually write something up. So I will write something up, and, and we'll have that for uh, next week. Sound good? Yeah, sounds great. All right, cool. 
Do you have anything else before we jump into it? Um, no. Okay. Cool. Not, not that I'm aware of, but you, you're looking at me like I should. No, you. Well, you were looking something up on your phone. I wasn't sure that's, if that was. That's for later. I just oh, wanted okay. to make sure I had the right words. All right. Cool. Awesome. The safe word is banana. Banana. <laughs> Bone nana. Oh, gross. Why did I do that? Are you picturing naked minions now? I wasn't. <laughs> Why did I do this to myself? Anyway, so the first film we're talking about is It Follows yes. from 2014. So after sleeping with a man she's recently started dating, Jay learns she's being followed by a supernatural force that will follow her until it kills her unless she passes it on to someone else. Lovely. Yeah, I know. Sexually transmitted demon? I'd say sexually transmitted curse. I mean, there's a f- physical thing tied to it. But we don't know that it's a demon. I don't know if it's a demon or a, it's some sort of creature. Creatures have shape and form, though. This well, takes any shape or form. Right, which is which is still technically a shape or form. Yeah, but demon has such connotations that it's from a specific location. That's fair. And these kids are in Detroit. What do you mean by that? It's got enough problems. That's okay. I love you, Michigan. So it's directed and written by David Robert Mitchell. Mm-hmm. The cast, Micah Monroe is Jay. Mm-hmm. She was also Anna in The Guest. Yeah, yeah. Keir Gilchrist is Paul. He's currently playing uh, Sam on Atypical. Right. Lily Seepy is Kelly. She was Cassidy in The Intruder. Mm-hmm. Olivia Lucardi is Yara. She was uh, Alice in Channel Zero. Daniel Zavato is Greg. He was Money in Don't Breathe. Okay, yeah. Which we actually haven't seen yet. We should watch it Yeah, soon. but I've seen a lot of stuff on it. I've okay. seen his face. Yeah. And Jake Weary is Hugh. And he was Tommy in Zombievers. Cool. That's a movie we should talk about at some point. We will. That movie's we'll, great. We'll get to Zombievers, but we're going to talk about a different kind of Zombiever. Nobody has a Zombiever in this. No. Not in, That's in one of the episodes, one of the films we chose not to cover. Oh, that's right. <laughs> budget of 1.3 million box office of 23.3 yeah so nice. pretty good all right let's get into it so this film has a cold open and we see a girl she's clearly running from something or someone and she ends up getting in her car and driving away to this beach and at the beach she calls her dad and says basically leaves him a message that she's sorry she was so shitty to him and that kind of thing. And we see the next morning and this girl is dead. Yeah, and her leg is all messed up. It's it's bending in a way that legs don't go. <laughs> right. Her, her knee is bent. Basically, her leg is bent at the knee forward. So her toes are basically pointed right towards her head. But her shoe is still on. Yeah. Which, you know, that's cool. Plus, she was running in heels. She that, was. Like, was like really pretty running. red stilettos. Yeah. So, mad props so to well just done her. running in stilettos. I can't even walk in heels. Look, the last time I wore heels, I was stuck carrying kegs into a party. So, you know, it was not great. Yeah. I, at one point when I was a teenager, mom bought me a pair of heels and I was supposed to like walk around the house in them to get used to walking in heels. Because hmm. I guess that was something I would probably have to do later in life walk around randomly in heels well like when you go to job interviews or if i worked in an office or something it would just expected that i would probably have to wear heels as part of like my dress code yeah it's dumb well you know yeah but, but i never actually really did it so to this day i'm really bad at walking around in heels i'll take ballet flats over heels any day 
So then we get to meet Jay. Yes. And one of the things about this film is it's not only is it difficult to place the time, the time frame when this movie takes place as far as like where in like, does it take place in the 90s? Does it take place in the 2000s? Because like weird technology, but also and there's older cars, but also newer cars. And you're not quite sure. I tell you what, um, Yara's e-reader is probably the dopest thing I've ever that seen. That cute little clamshell thing. That's mm-hmm. adorable. I desperately wanted one of those. But I would it, read more ebooks if I had one of those. Yeah. But it's also hard to tell what time of year it is. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's meant to be like, I think it's meant to be fall. Yeah. Because their outdoor pool is still out. It's still warm enough that they can go swimming. But there are still some days where Jay's wearing like a heavier jacket. Yeah. Yeah. I, I noticed that. Uh, you know, maybe since Michigan is the northern top of the great Midwest. Mm-hmm. Anybody who lives in the Midwest, I know it's a common Missouri thing to say too, is uh, you can't really predict the weather. No. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like this movie, as far as like the, the time of year, epitomizes the Midwest because I've seen snow in April. I have had 90 degree days in October. So yeah, there was uh, one day it was, a, it's been a few years, but mom had the little kiddie pool out. Mm-hmm. for for the kiddos yeah and they asked if they could go play in the pool and my mom was gonna say no because of the time of year it was because it was september mm-hmm. but then she was like but it's still you know it was 90 degrees outside right. so she was like well if it was july i would have said yes because of the temperature well, shit i so. thought you were gonna say it was full of snow or something no <laughs> i don't think we get snow anymore very rarely it seems yeah but climate change isn't real no <laughs> Anyway, so Jay's going on a date with this guy, Hugh, and they're sitting and waiting for the movie to start. And they're playing this game where they're like pointing people out to each other and saying who they would change places with. And Hugh points out this woman in a red dress at the back of the theater, except Jay can't see this person. Right. And because she can't see this person, he kind of starts to freak out and insists that they leave. So they go on a second date because he kind of bailed on their first date because of this whole situation. And they go to dinner and they end up making out and then having sex in his car. And um, after they have sex, he chloroforms her. Because that's a thing, I guess. Which, I mean, don't chloroform your dates, everyone. Yeah, no. I mean, the sex was consensual. The chloroforming was not. Was not. No. And that's when we get the creature expo dump. Yeah. So essentially what Hugh has done is by having sex with Jay passed on this. I'm not sure if it's a curse or what exactly it is. I mean, you do something to someone and now they have to deal with it. Yeah, that's a curse. Right. Well, okay. So, so yes, he's basically passed on this curse to where it's there's some creature something that will it will basically follow her it mm-hmm. can it can look like anyone yeah only people who have been infected can see it right so like Hugh he can still see it even though he's passed it on to her because he's had the curse previously. and he's not the primary target now right he's not the primary target but if anything happens to Jay he will be right because basically once this curse has been passed on to you it slowly it's basically it walks very slowly it, it's slow but determined it's i mean steady it, yeah it's slow and steady wins the race but this is not a turtle 
Yeah, because he says it's slow, but it's not stupid. Right. So it will follow you. And if it catches you, it'll kill you. Mm -hmm. And then it will move on to the next person, like basically the person who gave it to you. Right. So if anything happens to Jay, it'll start going after Hugh again. And if it gets him, it'll go after the person who gave it to him. Right. So after he shows her the thing as a naked woman walking toward them, because he has her like tied to a wheelchair. Which is weird. He's like, did he just tired? I don't understand his logic because he's he's got her tied to a wheelchair and he explains this thing to her. And then this this thing starts approaching. I mean, it's like within range. They can both see this naked lady. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Okay, dude, if you're just going to, like, tire up as bait, you're only buying yourself, what, minutes of yeah. time? I think he was tying her up so that she would ha- she would be forced to sit there and listen. Right, but then he walks away. No, he takes her with him. Like, doesn't leave the entire area, but he no, goes like he a goes good to 50 look out feet of, away. Yeah, he goes to look out the window because that's because he sees the thing on the ground, and then it comes up into the building. So basically, after proving to her that this thing is real... They GTFO. Yeah, they GTFO, and he just kind of dumps her yeah, in the fucking road. Yeah, totally unceremoniously. Yeah, that's which that's not a cool rude. thing to do. Okay, no, he just kind of dumps her in the street outside of her house, yeah. and her friends do call the cops because this looks really suspicious. Because right. she's in just like her bra and underwear, so that, and they don't know what happened. Right, and you look at that, and uh, you know, I mean, whether whether you're acting as a parent or acting as a friend, it's like, okay, maybe she's trying to protect him. She's not really being talkative about the whole situation. So if, if she was my friend, I would immediately assume sexual assault mm-hmm. or assault of some kind. Yeah. So they call the cops and the cops do show up and it turns out that Hugh was not Hugh's real name. Of course not. It was a fake ID. I'm curious because in the movie theater, he seemed genuinely surprised that Jay couldn't see this other, this woman in, in the yellow dress that he was talking about. Right. Well, I mean, it's not like anyone gave him a set of rules necessarily that we know of. Right. So the people we're following in this film are kind of learning as they go. And I don't know about you, but, you know, when I'm learning some new information, I'm going to make some screw ups. I'm going to make some mistakes and I'm going to be like, oh, well, I guess it's not this way every time. Well, and I'm, and because, well, because of his genuine surprise, Mm -hmm. that kind of has me wondering, did he already think he had passed it on to somebody else and he was like preparing to move on with his life? But if so, why was he using a fake name still? Mm. I, it seems weird. Well, and I think he's just using the fake name to give him some deniability and the victim passing on, that's deal, true. Because even if, let's say, let's say Jay got off right away, mm-hmm. if he was using his real name, then parents, friends would know, oh, she was last with this guy. Boom, he's a suspect. Now he's in a police station, kind of captive, can't really run. You that's, know. that's true. So using a fake name and, and disappearing. Although, you know, as shady as this sounds, the fact that, I mean, like, I don't want to like the guy, but... Over the course of the movie, I'm just like, look, you're an ass, but you're a valuable ass, so... Only in the fact that he's the one with the information. Right. So, Jay, she's a college student. Eventually, she starts going to classes again. I'm more led to believe that it's fall, just because it looks like there's, like, leaves on the ground and, and things of that nature. And while she's at school, we get this great moment where she sees 
an old woman in a hospital gown mm-hmm. coming towards her. Way off. She's yeah. she at first she sees her when she's sitting inside. Mm-hmm. She sees her just kind of walking across the grass. But then when she leaves the classroom, this lady is now in the hallway. And when Jay is like, "Hey, hello," not only does the woman not acknowledge her, but nobody else in the hallway can see this woman either. Right, because there's some some girls in the in the hallway. They're like, "Hi." They're like, "Hey, what's going on?" But none of them acknowledge old lady in a hospital gown. Right, because that would be sort of remarkable. That to, would be weird. Yeah. yeah. So she basically ends up having to kind of explain the situation to her sister Kelly and her friends Paul and Yara. Mm-hmm. And then eventually their neighbor Greg. Yeah. Because um, there's a couple instances where she sees it. Like she sees, I'm just going to call it it. Because yeah. it doesn't have a name. Yeah, because it follows. Yeah. Yeah. When all of her, when her friends are staying the night to kind of keep her company and, and keep her safe, she sees it as a woman urinating herself in the kitchen. Yeah, which, which isn't great. I mean. Yeah. And then she, later on, when she's in her bedroom with Paul and Kelly, mm-hmm. Yara knocks on the door and is like, hey, let me in. And... They open the door and there's Yara like, hey, guys, what's going on? And all of a sudden you see this really tall guy like rush up from behind Yara. Yeah, dude's dude's tall. Oh, my God. It's a, it's a very creepy part. Mm-hmm. And Jay basically says, fuck this shit and like climbs out of her bedroom window, <laughs> which fair, I guess. So basically they do a little Scooby-Doo sleuthing. Mm hmm trying to figure out what they can about this Hugh guy. And they end up finding like a picture of him from high school. Yeah. Or, or with a, with a girl, with, with a, a high- girl with a letterman jacket yeah, yeah. at this like shitty abandoned house he was renting. And they use that basically to figure out his real name. So dude's real name is Jeff. Which, thanks Jeff. Thanks Jeff. And they just kind of randomly show up at his fucking house. They're like, yo, <laughs> and I think he's probably pretty shocked to see Jay like, fuck. But at the same time, he's like, listen, you just have to do what I did. You just have to fuck somebody else, pass it on to them, and then you won't be at the top of the food chain anymore. Like my whole thing, though, like I've got this whole process. I have so many questions. I may have answers depending on what your questions are. Do you want me to hold them till that till till the end of the breakdown of this movie? Yeah, because I do have fun facts. Okay, then I will I will give you some questions after that. Because there was a there were a there were particular questions that I had okay. that the director has actually given answers for. They're just not in the movie. They're okay. in later like later interviews. So we'll get to those. Okay. So yeah, he basically just tells Jay, you know, just fuck somebody else. It'll be easy. You're a cute girl. Which, okay. That's kind of a fucked up thing to say because I know plenty of men and women with major self-esteem issues. Mm-hmm. No matter how attractive or unattractive you feel you are, plus you've got body image issues and all these other things. Yeah. Just dismissively saying something like that, it's like, no, fuck you, dude. You did this to me. You know, it, it it's, it's not that simple. Yeah, like seriously, if I could give this back to you without it ending in me killing myself, I fucking would. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's not like he's rid of it. He's no. just no longer first in line. And I and I think and that's why I think you can still see it, if, yeah. even if you're like further down the line, because yeah. you still need to be aware of it. Though I would think that would encourage you to keep tabs on pe- at least the person ahead of you in line. 
Yeah, or maybe the next few people. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So basically to give themselves a little bit of time to kind of think of what to do, the group, minus Jeff, because fuck that guy, we never see him again. They decide they're going to go to Greg's family's lake house. Right. Because it's far enough away that the way that this thing travels, it basically just is it slowly walks towards you until it catches you. (laughs) What? Spoop by the foot. (laughs) 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 Oh my god, that's so dumb and amazing. I love you. I love you too. Oh, spoop by the foot. Well, because it's spoopy and it's Yeah, no, I get no, I get it. You don't have to explain it. I get it. Oh man. What why do I think of these things? I don't know. Uh I make meetings difficult. Huh? I make I make meetings at work difficult. That's fine. I'm sure I'm sure people still love you. I know I do. Oh, well fair. Anyway, they go to Greg's family's lake house. Greg, Sandra Bullock's not there. For fuck's sake. <laughs> Greg has a gun and teaches Jay to shoot because for all they know this thing is vulnerable to gun. Sure. Why why not? I mean, prepare for everything. Maybe it, you never know. Yeah. You have you have no clue. Maybe you shoot this thing's a cup thing a couple times. Maybe it has the same general weaknesses as like a human body. We don't know. Or may, or maybe it's vulnerable to silver. Keep keep your steel for men and silver for beasts. Yeah, sure. Toss a coin to your witcher and all that. Yeah, sure. So at the beach on this lake, we get more it shenanigans. Yes. And it's actually one of my favorite parts of the movie mm-hmm. because you've got this great setup for the scene where you see all the group minus Yara yeah. just kind of chilling on the beach. Yeah. And none, none of them have really seen any type of manifestation. As far as they know, their friends really messed up. As far as they know, yeah. Jay and this other guy are just kind of crazy because they, again, yeah, they haven't seen anything. But they're supportive. They are hella supportive. And I got to say, props to her to all of Jay's friends and her sister for just being like, look, I'm going to press the I believe button. I don't know fully what's going on, but I'm going to keep you safe. Yeah. That's what I'll focus on. It doesn't matter if I believe your story or not. Exactly. So we see Paul, Jay, Greg, and Kelly are all sitting on the beach, just kind of chilling. We don't know where Yara is. And then we see Yara start to walk up behind Jay. Yeah. And yeah, we're like, from oh, the distance. Oh, maybe she was, you know, getting a drink at the yeah. house or using the facilities, whatever. So we're like, oh, there's Yara. But then the perspective changes and we see that Yara is in the water. Yeah, floating in an inner tube. And so then it goes back to Jay. And we see Jay from like Kelly's point of view, where like some of her hair just starts to float up. Kind of like that scene in The Conjuring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Nancy's hair just goes up before she starts getting thrown around the room. Yes, yes. Basically what happens here. Because they can clearly see something is attacking Jay, but they can't see it. Right. I do love that Paul's response is to try and smash it on the back with like a a shitty metal folding chair. I mean... It's like one of the least durable pieces of furniture ever. (laughs) Look, helping helps and he needs all the help he can get. That's fair. Because he's clearly got, like, a little crush on Jay, which I would, too, because she's really cute. But, yeah, you know. and, and you know what? Good on him for, for, for having a crush. But if if you're going to have a crush on somebody, don't be pushy about it. Yeah. I will also say Keir Gilchrist is kind of like, when it comes to, like, nerdy types, 
is is there for me. Like, I think he's kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they end up getting it off of her hair and running off. And then it uh, they lock themselves in like this boathouse. Right. And it busts out the bottom of the door. And the thing the thing is, all of her friends just see like wood exploding out. They don't see. Right. What's they doing saw hair it. floating. Yeah. A, a, a metal chair impacting nothing, but impacted something. In, impacting something solid, but invisible. And then the bottom of a door being blown out. Yeah. But Jay can see that it has now turned into like a scrawny preteen boy. That looks like he really needs some food and sleep. Yeah, his he's got some serious bags under the eyes. Yeah, like, oof, man. Well, and we Take also and we also learn that bullets don't do a super lot, really, because because Jay shoots it like right in the shoulder, and it drops for a second, and, and then, then gets... gets right back up. <laughs> this it entity mm-hmm. was listening to Chumbawamba. God damn it. You're welcome, everybody. I give you too many... Why do I give you these opportunities? Because you love me. I I need to get better at not doing this. I give you too many opportunities. I need to be more mindful. It's okay. Anyway, so Jay basically, again, decides to just fuck off. She's like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Right. And steals Greg's car and then promptly crashes it. Well, I mean, she's been through some traumatic things. I, I, yeah. I, I'm not going to judge her driving. Well, and to be fair, a truck backs out into the road and she swerves to avoid it and ends up crashing in a cornfield and breaking her arm. So at the hospital, Greg decides he's going to, uh, I want to say hoist, on, what is it? Hoist on the batard? Batard? Bat- yes. But I feel like for a sex thing that that seems inappropriate. I would say he volunteers to assist with her trouble. Well, because the thing is, he doesn't necessarily really believe it exists. So in a way, he's inserting himself into the situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or at least volunteering. Yes. To. Yeah. So they have sex. <laughs> because again, well, cause Greg doesn't really believe it's real. I mean, if someone told me this was going, okay, I probably would believe them. But the yeah. average person would, would be like, okay, look, whatever you're going through, I'm here for you. I'll yeah. listen to you, but if this will help, yeah. If you okay. think this, if you think this is going to fix it, then fine, I'll do it. I mean, I don't know exactly what's going on in his head, but he's probably thinking this girl's really cute, and she is convinced if she doesn't have sex like right now, she's going to get killed. So, yeah, who am I to stop her from living the best life she can? I get it. Yeah. So we do see Greg like talking with some girls at the mall after, mm-hmm. but we don't know for sure if he slept with any of them maybe maybe not maybe 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 not i I don't know we don't know for sure the only thing we do know for sure is that a few days later jay she's basically watching greg's house to make sure that nothing happens to him which fair because if anything happens to him she's back at the head head of the line right she's generally not sleeping much which is 100 percent understandable hyper vigilance in a situation like this is completely normal yeah it's not healthy by any means, trust. But I know, it's normal. But it's normal. Yeah. And she sees it in the form of Greg breaking into his house. And when and she immediately like goes over to try and help. Because when she calls him on the phone, he doesn't answer. And when she goes over there, it has now taken the form of his mom and is like banging on his door. Mm. 
Yeah. And it seems at first like it's kind of like just repetitively lightly knocking like a kind of like dun 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 dun. But then it sees Jay and I think it it looked to me like it got more aggressive. Yeah. Like it knew that she was going to try and stop it. Or it's time for a two for one special. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And I can't tell with this movie because we, Greg opens the door and he's like, what the fuck, mom? Which you, it, that's an average teenage boy response when your naked mom is banging on your door. Well, I mean, she's, she's got like a, a robe on, but she's it's wearing like, like a silk robe, but yeah. it's open. Yeah. And we just see from Jay's perspective, it just kind of like jump. Mm hmm. And next thing we see is it is on top of Greg. Uh-huh. And I can't... Is it fucking him to death? That's the general impression most people get. And that's that's what it appears to be. Which I'm not exactly sure how... I don't know how that would work. What do you mean? How do you... how? Like, how does one fuck one to death? Yeah, how or? do you fuck someone oh, to death? Oh, that I don't know. I just meant like... how. Like, wow, you were asking the easy question. Um, no, that is, yeah, no, that's the very because, easy question. Because, because the thing is, you know, this, this it can I look like anything. I want to know how this thing works. <laughs> so this is not actually his mom, first first and foremost. No. But it looks like her. It's still creepy as fuck. Yeah. How one is fucked to death, I don't know. Maybe that's part of the curse. Maybe, I, I mean. It's like an energy, maybe it's like a, it, maybe it eats their energy. I mean, yeah, maybe it's like a Mass Effect 2 type thing. Maybe it's a. <laughs> maybe it's like some sort of weird succubus sexual vampire thing look they got a bad rap anyway it has to but fuck you to get your to it has to fuck you to feed on you maybe it just has sex and then snaps their neck we don't we don't know we don't get like autopsy reports we don't know if that's just part of the mo because well, or... he's not screaming or anything like we can see like his hand is kind of like he's making finger motions so he's still alive but he's not like screaming and he's, he's kind of like got like a dead-eyed stare well i mean if what you saw was just the picture that we had painted previously, if that's what you were saying, yeah, I, I don't know what, what sounds I, you know. I just, look, I have questions. Yeah, there, there are definitely some questions there, <laughs> but let's just. That's going to be some, eventually I'm going to get, I'm going to get Catherine to make us up some merch and I'm going to have a sticker that says, I have questions. I'm thinking about, I believe button. We need to talk to Catherine. <laughs> Yes, yes, we, um, yes. We definitely need to talk to our our illustrious artist. Yes. So, long story short, the group basically decides, well, we need to kill this thing, right? Because clearly, our short term solution of Jay just fucking some other guy didn't work. So they decide that they're going to lure it into a swimming pool by basically Jay's going to be in the middle of the pool, mm -hmm. and they are going to electrocute it once it gets in the pool by throwing in like lamps and and all this other electronic shit that they have plugged in yeah which i have a question mm -hmm. if jay is in the pool and you're throwing electronics in the pool to try and kill it wouldn't you also potentially kill jay i mean because last time i checked humans are susceptible to being electrocuted Yes, but here's the thing. That's a giant pool. Mm -hmm. So it's not like an electric fan in an Olympic-sized swimming pool is not going to electrify the entire pool. Okay. It's going to discharge and then stop. Okay. So there will be a momentary jolt, but it, I don't even think it would 
I mean, it would dissipate. Uh, you would have, you know, attenuation, basically. Like, it was a signal from one end of the pool to the other. It's not like you're going to feel anything. Okay. I wasn't sure, because I just, every time every time I see that scene, I'm like, this seems like a bad idea. It's a bad idea I mean, all it's still around. a bad idea. First but- of all, you don't put your bait in something where they move slower than everywhere else. Yeah, that's fair. The bait needs to be able to move faster than everything else. I feel like an, another easy way to do this would be go to a football field or like some or like a giant fucking parking lot and cover it with like baby powder or sand mm-hmm. or something like that where you could see footstep impressions because we know that it does affect <laughs> the physical world. It makes for an interesting footprints uh poem there well you know what i mean though because (laughs) you would actually because then someone besides jay would be able to see it right because even with the whole situation with the pool she's still the only person who can fucking see it right so at least if you had this situation where you put her in the middle of a circle of like sand or something like that once it starts walking on the sand you'll be able to see foot impressions Hmm. and then if all of you have like guns and knives and shit you can all three be like haha and but again we've already seen that a gun really doesn't do much so well and here's so here's the thing though paul's paul still has the gun when they're at the pool and he actually ends up shooting the thing twice and yara well great yeah great he accidentally shoots yara Look, Yara's my favorite character other than Jay in this whole thing. Yeah, Yara's pretty cool. And to shoot this smart kid with the cool e-reader, that's just... Who reads Dostoyevsky for fun. Look, that just sounds like a, a, I don't know, lit version of Edgy. I know. Yeah, she's pretty cool. But he does end up shooting it twice. And one of the shots is a headshot. Because Jay, they end up getting her out of the pool, and she can see, like, blood filling the pool. So afterwards... Jay and Paul do end up having sex. Later on, we see him driving past a group of sex workers. Yeah. We don't know if he ever actually sleeps with one of the sex workers, but we see him driving past. Uh, And then the film basically ends with Jay and Paul walking down the street holding hands. And we see a figure walking behind them slowly at a distance. Which could just be a random person walking. Exactly. It, it happens, but that's where it really builds that whole social paranoia of... Cause that's the, yeah, because that's the thing with this movie is you, you, you end up with more questions than answers. Because you don't know, did they actually kill it? Or is it going to be something that's always over their heads that they're always going to be have to looking out for? And the downside is now that Jay and Paul are walking together... They don't have a neutral party to say, no, there's no one there. Yeah, that's so true. So they could both look over their shoulder and be like, oh, that's, you know, I'm afraid to use a name because I don't want like someone to be like, that's my name. Okay, that's Barbara from across the street. You know, yeah. she's just walking her dog or whatever, you know, or, you know. Or, I feel like the easy way to test it would be to cross the street. And if it follows. And if it follows you, <laughs> then, yeah, ha 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 ha. Yeah. All right, so let's get into my facts that I have about this film. Sure. David Robert Mitchell has actually cited the works of George A. Romero and John Carpenter as being major influences on his style of filming and his creative decisions on this film in general. Cool. Which I think I can, I can very much see there are some John Carpenter specifically, like some of the stuff he did for Halloween. Or like that dude standing on the roof. That was just like naked, naked dude on a roof. That's just off putting. Yeah. Another thing 
the colors of red or pink are used to foreshadow the upcoming appearance of it as they appear hmm. either in the background or on a character's piece of clothing. So like the first time Jay sees it with Hugh, she's wearing matching pink bra and panties. Yeah. And she's got those uh, lights in her room. Those tulip lights. Those tulip lights. Yeah. And on, when on she's on her first date with Paul, with um, Hugh at the movies, she's wearing a pink dress. Hugh Jeff. Yeah. Hugh Jeff. So one question I've always had about this particular movie, and maybe this was one of the questions you were going to ask, um, is would the curse still be passed on if you were having protected sex? Okay. So yeah, that's, that's one of my questions. Yeah. Does the con, does a condom prevent a curse? It does not. It does not. According to the director, a condom would not stop the curse from spreading. Okay. Neither would same sex. Okay. So I guess what my question really is boiling down to is what does it consider sex? Oh, like would oral count or? Because because here's the thing. It's like, okay, well, you kissed. Okay, that's not sex. Well, we heavily kissed. Okay, well, it's still not sex. Well, we kissed other places. What, like the mall? No, like other places. In, you know, so at what point does it does it determine, okay, you're cursed, you're next? I'm not sure. It's, I mean, based on the, on stuff the director said, it's definitely not like heteronormative sexual encounters. Mm-hmm. So I'm not exactly sure. I don't know. Because, well, I'm not really familiar with this type of exchange, but I am, I am aware that this exists a lot, at mm-hmm. least, you know, from people I have known in the past. Sometimes, you know, I, I like in high school, I heard about guys saying, oh yeah, this girl gave me a, you know, a blowjob. And I'm like, so would it pass either way? Is it is it giving and receiving? I'm just very confused about where it draws the line. Like, does it have a I rule book where it's like, oh, yes, yes, yes. Ah, uh, but they didn't complete, you know, or, you know, at, at what at what point, you know, does the orgasm trigger it? What hap- what happens to, in, to in, trigger it until the until until there is a sequel? Or until we get to meet the director and ask him specifically, we will not know. Please, no sequel. There, He's considering it. Do we need a sequel? Well, he has said that if he did a sequel, it would either be a, a prequel regarding completely different characters or a sequel regarding completely different characters. Okay. So, there you go. Did you have other questions? No. The other question I have, and I mean, when we first saw this, I think you brought it up, and we've seen other people bring it up, and that is, if it's... It follows by walking, you know, spoop by the foot. Yeah, very slowly. So what if you went on a boat? Would what it you... walk on the ocean floor to get to you? Could it get to you? If, if you're on like a, a houseboat or a, or a yacht, could it get to you? I don't know. Is, could the sequel be it, it follows and yes, it can swim too? Maybe it walks on water. I, I highly doubt that. I'm just saying, we don't know the physics... This is not Toad the Wet Sprocket. We don't know all the physics of the thing, is what I'm saying. And and some people have brought up, well, what about intercontinental travel? No one knows except the director. And maybe he hasn't even thought about it that much. Fair enough. <laughs> this is going back to that we think about movies more than the people who made them thing. Probably. Probably. <laughs> but that's okay. That just means we care. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to our second film. Yeah. This is where it's going to get really fucking wild, you guys. <laughs> Well, <laughs> first off, I want to say, don't let the name of the movie fool you. 
And please be careful if you try to look it up, because if you just... Can I just tell them what it is? We're, t- we're going to talk about porno. Yes. Not... In the generic sense. No. Um, just the... trying just trying to find some facts about it. I typed in porno 2019, and I was getting, like, reviews of porn <laughs> Safe sites. Safe search on. Safe search on. <laughs> well, then you're just not going to get much of anything. But, no, this, this is a movie called Porno. Yeah, imagine how worried I was when I was trying to write up my notes while I was at work. Oh, fair. Yeah. Yeah. I Eesh. got very concerned. I had to be very specific. It was porno... Horror film, Shudder, <laughs> was my search. And luckily, that it was very specific, and so I got exactly what I needed and nothing more. Well, lucky you. Thank you. So, Porno is a Shudder exclusive, came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. A group of employees at a movie theater in a small Christian town discover a mysterious old film reel hidden in the basement. When they decide to watch it... They unknowingly free a succubus trapped in the reel, who's happy to give them a little sex education, even if it kills them. Mmm, that was tasty. Thank you. Directed by Keola Rosella, screenplay by Lawrence Vanicelli and Matt Black. The cast, most of them haven't really been in anything else of note. Okay. So Evan Daves is Abe. Mm -hmm. Larry Saperstein is Todd. The other thing of note that he's been in, he's Big Red on High School Musical, the musical, the series on Disney+. Plus. That's awesome. I know, right? Jillian Mueller is Chaz. She was Catherine on The Crew. Yeah. Glenn Stott is Ricky. Mm-hmm. Robbie Tan is Heavy Metal Jeff. <laughs> he was uh, Billy Ross on Mayor of Easttown. Okay. And then we have Caitlin Pierce as the succubus Lilith. Yeah. Bill Phillips is Mr. Pike, and Peter Reznikoff as Lord Beekman. Well, that's his world. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I loved Bill and I the Science Guy when I was a kid, I also loved watching Beekman's World on Saturdays. I didn't watch any of them. I know, because you're older than me, and no. we're past that point, I think. Probably. I don't know. I like 321 Contact on PBS. That was fun. Anyway. Anyway. So because it's a Shutter original, Shutter exclusive, I, I don't have any budget or box office information. And I feel like this movie would not really be released in theaters anyway. <laughs> I don't see why it wouldn't. I it's, mean, there's some stuff that's a little OTT. Yeah. The, the fun thing about the movie called Porno is there's no porn in it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into that. So, like I said, we've it's this we've got this small Christian town. Mm-hmm. I I feel like it's probably in the Midwest somewhere. It reminds me of some of the small rural towns that I've driven through to visit family or right. to go to you know like St. Louis or something like that. Right, things out of town. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So we kind of get introduced to the the gang, so to speak. Chaz, she's just been made assistant manager. She's the cool, slightly edgy vaguely emo girl like she has dark eyeliner and like purple in her hair which this is a set in 1992 right so, so that's so that's like pretty wild in 1992 right she listens to the cure and she would definitely listen to like my chemical romance and if she was like if this were set like 10 years later right so basically she would have been one of my friends yeah precisely abe and todd are your typical sex obsessed teenagers ricky 
has just come back from summer camp, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Heavy Metal Jeff, who... He's he's completely... He's straight edge. He's he's straight edge, which I didn't know what straight edge meant. Oh, okay. So I had to look it up. Okay. So, straight edge... I'm going to go ahead and skip to that. I have it in my fun facts, but it pertains to the rest of the thing. Right. So, when we see Heavy Metal Jeff... For the first time, he's got like these two black X's mm-hmm. on his hands. And apparently that is to show that he is what David has described as a straight edge. And I a, mean, it's one indicator. Yeah. Um, so a straight edge is apparently a subculture of hardcore punks. And they basically they refrain from using like alcohol, tobacco, other recreational drugs. Some actually even take it so far as to refrain from using caffeine or prescription drugs or over-the-counter painkillers. Some go as far as to have a vegetarian or a vegan diet, and some even don't pertain in, uh, don't partake in a, a, a premarital sex or yeah, promiscuous or, sex. Right, which, I mean, sex is sex. Yeah, sex is sex. Also, let's talk about their boss real quick. He's kind of a dick. Yeah. No way in hell would I ever work at a job that started every shift with a prayer circle. Mm-hmm. And I definitely would never work at a job where my manager clapped in my face. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd be done on day one. Yeah, I would get fired because I would punch them. Like, don't, don't clap and you don't need to clap in my face. That's, that's, I'm not a dog. And that's rude to do to a dog anyway. Yeah, that's that's not how that's not how human do. No, that's not how you talk to your employees and that's not how you treat your employees. No. But it's also clear from this character introduction that um Chaz has a bit of a crush on Ricky and Todd at one point got in trouble for for being a peeping tom. Mhm. They don't really say if he got arrested or not. But um, I mean it's a relatively small town so He definitely got in trouble. Yeah. So it's Friday night, they go through their normal shift stuff, and because they've done such a good job of through the rest of the week, they get to stay in the theater and pick a movie to watch whenever they close. They basically, because it's like an old projection, the old real projection, they basically just get to pick from the two movies that they're currently showing. Right. So Encino Man or A League of Their Own, basically, is the choice. The choice would be the one without Polly Shore, in my opinion. But I would 100% agree with you. <laughs> I mean, A League of Their Own is fine. I would definitely rather watch A League of Their Own. Mainly for Gina Davis. I love Gina Davis. You love Gina Davis? Yeah. I didn't know this about you. Well, surprise. Okay, cool. So, so as they're <laughs> cleaning up, they hear some weird sounds coming from one of the theaters. And there's this old guy in there who... Is acting very weird. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's he's definitely acting sus. And, of course, Jeff is like, oh, he's just, you know, drunk and high and is just being weird. And they end up chasing the guy out to the lobby where the old man, like, pulls aside some curtains and there's, like, a boarded up doorway. Yeah. And he crashes through it. And of course, they have to follow him down because they have to get him out of the theater. Right. They got to get him out of there so they can watch their damn movie. Yeah. So down in this um, basement type area, they find another smaller theater. 
Yeah, glorious looking. Yeah, it's a really nice seats. It's really, it looks really nice. Yeah. I mean, it's dusty because it's been boarded up for God knows how long. But they also find a room with a bunch of film reels. Yes. Now, most of the film reels, unfortunately, have been through what clearly, what basically they've clearly been through a fire. Right. So the films are destroyed. None of them have any, there's no labels on the cans or anything like that. Sadly, celluloid is not friends with heat and fire. No, not at all. But they do end up finding one. Yes. And it's this big, first of all, the way they find it is it glows red and catches Abe's attention, which that would be my first clue that something is not right here. Hey, this one's glowing. We should check this one out. But there's also... Like, a clearly demonic sigil on the front. Well, sigils aren't necessarily demonic, but there is a sigil on it. It is the sigil for Lilith, or at least the commonly accepted sigil for Lilith. Mm -hmm. But through the ages, Lilith has been depicted as a succubus, a demon, Mm -hmm. uh, a guardian, a uh, a goddess. She's... uh, you and know, she Adam's has a lot of iterations. Wife, you know. Yeah. So, I mean... We've talked about Lilith before. Yeah. This is just talking about Lilith in this film. Yeah. So, they basically decide to watch this film reel. And even though Jeff doesn't want to play it, basically, <laughs> they kind of guilt him into playing it because when Mr. Pike was leaving, they kind of had this discussion, the, the whole group, where they would decide what they wanted to watch and Jeff would play what they wanted to watch. Yeah, whatever they want to watch, Jeff, Jeff will, play. will play. So because they've decided they want to watch this film reel, he has to play it or he's broken his word to Mr. Pike, whom he looks up to extremely. Yeah. Apparently he used to be addicted to nicotine and Mr. Pike helped send him straight on the path to God. And yeah. Yeah, he's, very, he's wound very tight. I do love that uh, CBTL thing they make... <laughs> It's like Jeff. Whenever things get start to stress you out, what do you what do you need to remember? CBTL, which stands for Christ bears the load. Yeah, which I had never heard before, but I was also raised Catholic, so. Well, see, I'm I'm gonna comment on that later on in your in your thing. Okay. Because in this rewatch was the first time I ever caught because I saw the subtitles. I was able to catch what they were saying because I was just tuning it out. Yeah. And I saw that and I'm like, oh, that's not going to bode well for you later. Fair. So anyway, they get their popcorn and their soda and they sit down in the theater to watch this discovered film reel. Yeah. And there's, as you noted, there's more sigils in the pre-roll. Yeah, there are some more sigils in the pre-roll. I was able to pull one, which has absolutely nothing to do with the film. It's a sigil for uh, Amducius, but they also have it turned 90 degrees to the left. So it's on its side. Yeah. I, I think it's more for flavor than anything else. Yeah, which um, is usually what we get with stuff like this. It's like, if they have one accurate sigil, the rest of them tend to not be. Yeah, or, or they'll just be like, well, we need to add more than just this. Otherwise, it doesn't seem right. No. You're, yeah. It, it, it's like adding too many seasonings to a soup. If I remember correctly, the one that was fairly accurate throughout was the cleansing hour. Yeah, that one was, uh, that one actually had me double checking my research. Yeah. So that, that was good. So we're watching this film, and there's some sort of ritual. There's a guy with these bells. They're, they look, they're like a, it's like a summoning bells kind of thing. Yeah, a little, uh, four bells on a little handle. Yeah. 
and there's suddenly there's a, a naked woman and there's a guy with like a horned headpiece mm-hmm. thing. And Jeff immediately, once he starts seeing Naked Lady, he turns it off because it's porn. And then Todd goes and turns it back on because it's porn. (laughs) But here's my thing. Can we talk about the fact that this movie isn't actually porn? It's, yeah, it's not. Nudity is not porn. That would mean almost every art gallery in the world. It's full of porn. Is called, would, would have to be called the porn gallery. Yeah, because let's. At most, this particular film has, like, some sexy naked dancing, and there's, like, some bare butts occasionally. We do get full frontal with We do get full, we get full frontal female nudity. At one point, we do get, like, a penis. Yeah. But, like, it's not, there's nothing sexual happening. Yeah, there's no sex acts taking place. It's, nudity does not equal porn. No. I've watched pornography. I'm 36 years old. I feel comfortable in saying, even though I know my mom's listening to this, I'm 36 years old and I've watched my fair share of pornography in my life. What? I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I'm an adult who's almost 40. (laughs) Well, you know, if nothing else, out of curiosity, you know. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Hey, I'm just giving you outs. You don't need to. I'm an adult. I'm an adult with my... I am an adult with a real job and my own apartment and a car and I can watch pornography if I want to. There you go. Not that you have to meet all of those things to watch pornography. Yeah, it's not a checklist, folks. You should be an adult. (laughs) Anyway, it ends up basically like the film reel ends up kind of doing something to the projector... And then we get some separate shenanigans, is what I call it. Yeah, because the, the film itself basically depicts a a ritual. Yeah. It does eventually do something to where the projector won't run it anymore. So Chaz and Ricky go to put the film reel back. And Chaz finds this book that's about, like, demons and shit. And they find in the book there's a drawing of a woman who looks suspiciously like the woman in the film they just watched. And she's quite attractive. Yeah, she's really pretty. Really nice tits. Yeah. I feel comfortable saying that. Later on when she's wearing just that leather jacket. That leather Ooh. jacket? Oh my god. Ooh. Yes. And then Todd finds in that basement area, finds like some old porno film posters. And then the sexy naked lady from the movie is suddenly walking towards him. And then Todd basically disappears for most of the rest of the fucking movie at this point. And then Abe and Jeff are trying to fix the projector. But this weird, more weird stuff starts playing, even though there's not a reel in the projector. It's, It's really weird. So essentially, they put the reel back, but the film keeps playing. There's more sigils. There's more blood. This is when we get the the full frontal male nudity, mm-hmm. where it's just like a guy opens his robe and there's just like a full on dick and balls just right there. I mean, it's not a zoom in. Yeah, it's it's a it's not a crash zoom, but it's it's close. Yeah. It, it's not like you're seeing the whole guy. You're basically just seeing like that area. Right. But it, I mean, it's 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 not like some sort of 3D gimmick where it's like, oh, here comes the schwanz, you know? Yes, fair. So they basically decide that it's time to leave now. <laughs> um, There's no movie in this and it keeps showing us this it stuff. It keeps showing us things. We need to leave. Problem with this is all the keys are gone. Chaz's keys, which were in the door, are no longer in the door. All the keys are gone from Mr. Pike's office. 
What? The rhythm that you were saying, all the keys are gone, made me think of mamas and papas. Oh, like a California dreaming kind of thing? Yeah, and, and so it started playing in my head, and then you said it again, and I'm like, yes! Which is how the song goes. Yeah, yes, yeah. thank you. Nice, sorry. Good job, well done. Sorry. And now you all have that song in your head. It's a good song. Yeah. So everyone, except Todd, who again has disappeared, lock themselves in uh, Mr. Pike's office. Yeah, you know, the manager's office should be safe. Yeah. And Chaz, for some reason, thinks there's a gun in this one cabinet. So they decide to open the cabinet. But there isn't a gun. What there is, is hypocrisy. Yeah. Because it turns out that Mr. Pike is a big ol' fucking perv. And I say this not because he likes to watch women pee, because that is his kink. I thought that was the men's room. It was the ladies' room. Oh, is it the ladies' room? Yeah, it was the ladies' room. Which, if, again... We are sex positive here at His and Hers Horror. If it's between two consenting adults, that's fine. Whatever. Let it flow. (laughs) But Mr. Pike has been illegally filming female customers in the bathroom. Without their consent. Well, yes. That's why I said that's why it's illegal. illegal. Yeah. And this really devastates both Heavy Metal Jeff, who very much looked up to Mr. Pike, and Ricky. Right. Part of the reason it devastates Ricky is we get a little more information. Some more secrets come out, literally, Mm -hmm. uh, because it turns out Ricky was not at summer camp. No, he was not. Essentially, what happened was Chaz, in some sort of misguided attempt to, quote, help Ricky, told Mr. Pike that Ricky was having gay thoughts Mr. Pike told Ricky's parents and his parents sent him to a fucking conversion therapy camp, which honestly, I don't know how Ricky could even talk to Chaz after that. Yeah. Because that was such a violation of their friendship and his privacy that like, if that were me, I'd be done. Yeah. Because it very much was from a place of selfishness. Or at least he thinks it was mm-hmm. because she clearly is like into him. She He even asked her at one point was like, like, were you praying that they would fix me? Which I, it just makes me angry. Yeah. Although I don't think that that's the route that that Chaz expected anything to, to happen. But. Probably not. But like, it's a small, clearly Christian fundamentalist community. In the early 90s. Right. Like, there are certain areas where that's in America yeah. now where right. that's and still... I, and I'm not justifying what she did. I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, when something to think about and, and take away from this is if you think doing something for someone will help them, maybe get their permission. Don't, don't go around them. Yeah, don't just do it. help them because that may not be helpful. Yeah. So this is about the point where shit gets really fucked. <laughs> yes. Or uh, or awesome. L- well, I was being literal. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Mr. Pike, basically, he's coming back to the theater to give Jeff a ride home after work. Yeah. And he comes in and they are able to, like, he gets lured into the, into the women's restroom. And so they are able to watch through this perv cam he's set up. Lilith seduce and kill him. Mm-hmm. And when I say kill him, I mean like she kills him with pleasure. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly the I'm not I'm not sure of the physics of it. 
It appears she's ta- she's giving it to him up the ass. I I wasn't gonna go that far. Okay. I meant like like, like, she- like the physics of of pleasuring him to death. Yes. Oh, see, there I go overthinking it again. Uh. Well, because she his balls definitely explode, like his testicles explode, like we see his body. Yeah. And we also see her stand up from his body, holding his now dismembered member. Well, see, that's where CBTL comes into play. But CBT is also a common abbreviation for cock and ball torture. Not something I'm into. But oh, that's why you were... Okay. That's why when I saw that, it was giggling, going, wow. Yeah, okay, fair. Um, which, again, you know, to each their own, just do no harm. Yeah, fair. I mean, no, don't permanently injure each other. You know, be careful about it. If yeah, seriously. Experiment. Anyway. Anyway. So Jeff, for some reason, thinks that Mr. Pike is still alive, so he goes to save him. Lilith tries to seduce Jeff. Yeah. And it it works to an extent, I think, because he clearly is having some sort of reaction, but he's trying to fight it. Well, she's seducing him and also holding a pair of cigarettes. Well, because that's wearing, his thing. Wearing is he... a leather jacket and nothing else. Yeah. And I'm cause... like... This is this is Jeff Taylor made for you, bro. Yeah, because he quit smoking a year ago. Mm-hmm. That's his. He's even told he even told Ricky at one point that was his vice was smoking. But yeah, he's trying to fight it, and she ends up exploding his nuts. <laughs> yeah, she does one, and he still and resists. he's still trying to fight her, so she does the other one. But she doesn't. She doesn't kill him. No, she walks off. So Ricky and everybody else come out to help Jeff. This is after Lilith has walked off. Ricky somehow manages to tourniquet Jeff's nutsack. Yeah, I'm not really sure where he was going with that, but I, I mean that he did it. I mean, there's actually kind of a an interesting exchange that was very positive. It was <laughs> because because Jeff asks Ricky, "Is this going to be okay?" F- for you to do and ricky's like what because i'm gay you think i'm gonna get turned on by your exploded nuts how do you think being gay works and he's and jeff's like honestly i don't know <laughs> and that was the beauty of it was him just saying i don't understand yeah and, and that's how a conversation gets started admitting rather, he doesn't understand right instead of making assumptions or just jumping to wild conclusions yeah i will also say the practical effects are very good in this film uh yeah i yeah. i honestly feel bad for anyone that watches this film that owns a penis and testicles. And I've watched it several times. and uh, Like, I feel legit bad. It's, uh, just thinking about it right now, I am just trying to focus on, on talking and recording. I'll put it that way. Okay. If you happen to own any of this equipment or or have, have this equipment in the future, just know um, it's... it's it's at least wince-inducing. I'm not going to say it's going to make everybody double over in pain. I know there are some of you that are like, no, nothing nothing no. grosses me out. Nothing. These are some no. very realistic-looking fake genitals. This is, this is a, for lack of a better term, demonic orchiotomy. Fair. And it's thorough. Yeah. Those are words I didn't ever think I was going to say. No, I get it. So we get another exposition dump. Yes. Essentially, we find out that Lilith was trapped in that film reel. Mm-hmm. And when they watched it, they set her out. Yeah. And now she's basically using their desires against them 
manifesting as the thing that they want. Right. So like at one point she appeared to Chaz as like Ricky in his baseball uniform, but with no shirt. Yeah. We don't know what she appeared as to Mr. Pike, but we know to heavy metal Jeff, she had a leather jacket and cigarettes like a, yeah. So they decide that they're going to try burning the film reel, but (laughs) nothing happens. No. And then they start hearing strange sounds coming from the movie theater again. So they go inside and guess what? Creepy fucking dude from the beginning is back. Yes, he is. And Todd's here and he's all tied up. And then we get more exposition because it turns out that the theater used to be a pornography theater. Yeah. And this dude, Lord Beekman, owned the theater. And then essentially what happened was the town got... Basically, the town found religion, as 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 near as I can tell. The the rest of the town found religion. I don't understand that phrase. Is that like, oh, oh shit? Is that what's been making this no, couch like uncomfortable? A, or it's know? like a born again Christian kind of thing. Yeah, but it's like it's like finding it. It's like I know it's, it's like a you're weird cleaning phrase. Out your cabinets, and you're like, okay, well, this soup's expired, and oh hey, oh, we've shit, got some religion some up here. Up in here. Yeah. I don't know, because realistically, the term "found religion" really only applies to. As far as I know, it only appears it appears to apply to people that have found Christianity. Right. Like when people convert to Islam or Judaism, you don't typically say they've found religion. You right. say they've converted. Whereas. Yeah. I don't know. It's don't know. it's a weird phrase. I agree, but whatever. So basically, the town decided that they no longer needed a pornography theater. And they trashed it. They started a fire, which is how come most of the old reels are destroyed. And he basically set these kids up. He purposefully smashed through that boarded up section just so these kids would find and watch that reel so he could finish this demonic ritual as one, revenge against the town, and two, to open a portal to some demon pleasure world where he would be with Lilith forever. Right. I mean, you know, seems legit. I mean, he at least dude had a plan. He did have a plan. And it was working. Unfortunately, that plan involved Todd's blood, because Todd's a virgin, and also chopping off his own dick. (laughs) Well, you know, sometimes you have to sacrifice for the things you want. Because that's the thing. He says, I've donated the ounce of flesh, and now I need, you know, the virgin's blood. Sorry, it was just an ounce. His phrasing, not mine. I know. I know. So the thing is, this fucking ritual works. Yeah. It works too well because Lilith bursts out of Lord Beekman's torso. Yeah. And she just kind of opens this demon portal and grabs Todd and goes in the portal. And Abe and Jeff follow to rescue Todd. Right. Because of course. Yeah. Yeah. We get this great scene where they wake up in this like alternate universe version of the movie theater. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what's going on? This is really weird. Did everything go away? Why is it morning now? And then Todd's like, why am I in my street clothes? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's, it's a very Scooby-Doo-ish feel to it, but but I'm not mad at it. Yeah. And then they get to the front doors and they uh, realize that... Shit's really weird because when they try and touch the doors of the theater, it burns them. Mm-hmm. And then we get this weird out of fucking nowhere scene where they're banging on the glass trying to track the people outside. And then all at once, the people turn and look at them and like raise their arms to the sky and start screaming. And then they all explode. <laughs> 
And I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why that's what happens. Well, again, sometimes know. small actions have consequences. I, Those I happen know. to be the consequences. I don't think they'll bang on the windows again. That's fair. And then we get Demon Todd. Yes. So, back in the regular world, Chaz realizes that they can only kill Lilith when she's in her true demonic form. Right. So, they basically decide, well, we'll just perform the ritual again. Not the dick-cutting-off ritual. Right, right, right. The summoning Lilith part. They perform the ritual to re-summon her to their world. This ritual seems to involve Ricky doing a striptease... And then getting it on with his demon fantasy guy. So yeah, there's that. Uh, but it fucking works. Yeah. Chaz and Ricky end up stabbing her with the ceremonial knife and trapping her back in the film reel. Just like the book said to do. Exactly. And that basically warps Todd, Abe, and Heavy Metal Jeff back to our worlds. Right, back to reality. Yeah, they snap back to reality. <laughs> no, no mentions of gravity. No, I mean gravity's already there. Right. Uh, so yeah, they everything's fine, except Mr. Pike is still dead. Right. That still happens. That still happens. Jeff is um, heavy metal. Jeff is Jeff's still, nuts are still pretty wrecked. But there's then, nothing like, pretty about them. Well, yes. Uh. But Abe is like they basically decide Abe's going to take the film reel, and. As, as a way to protect it so that nobody ever watches it again. Mm-hmm. And then everyone leaves. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. But like I said, the theater is still pretty trashed. Uh, I don't think they're opening again. No, but let me fit. Hang on a sec. I'm here. The theater is still very much trashed. Right. Mr. Pike is still very much dead and missing his genitals. Yeah, he was also a criminal. Right, but what exactly are they going to tell the cops? That's the cops' problem. No, that, no, it's their problem. <laughs> it's their problem. Because they're a group of teenagers. And the cops are not going to accept a demon came out of this film reel and ripped his junk off as a viable excuse. Then there's the fact, what is Jeff going to say when he shows up to the ER and they ask how his nuts got exploded? Because that's not a thing that just happens. Well, there is there is a thing called testicular torsion. That there, is not what he But has. that's not this. No. This is exploding nuts. Like, spontaneous genital combustion is not a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like there's... Like, yay, there's no more demon. But y'all are going to have to answer a lot of questions. Because again... This is a small, probably rural Christian town, mm-hmm. and I, I can't imagine the cops in this town being super open-minded. Well, on the flip side, you could just be like, the demons did it, and they'll be like, I know, the demons. So, I mean, you, May- it, it's uh, possible. Maybe. It's possible. Plus, maybe. you know, you do have a living adult that also has similar injuries to the theater owner true there's also just that they can discredit him by being like oh he's in a lot of pain so he clearly doesn't know what he's saying or maybe they could he's... blame the old man that's true although his body doesn't exist anymore it was exploded so it's not like they're going to be able to do an autopsy on that shit no but they'll be send him off looking for him i don't know anyway do you have any other thoughts about this movie 
It's hilarious. I, I thought it you was just a lot have of to fun. Be in a very... It's it's not one where I think I think people should watch with their parents because that might be a little awkward. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, it's one of the ones where we were bored at home one weekend and trying to find something to watch and just kind of scrolling through Shutter and we're like, fuck it, let's watch this. Yeah, and it it paid off. It it was actually a lot of fun. Um, that usually does pay off for us. Yeah, yeah, it usually does. That's how. Uh, Oh, that, that's how we, we found... That's how hand- we ended up watching Slacks. Oh, God, Slacks is so... Good. That's how we ended up watching Deathbed. Look, Deathbed is a gem. But no, with, with with porno, you know, don't let the name put you off. Don't let the... Or actually, do. You know, what? It it's not going to be a flavor for everybody, but it's going to be something that could be enjoyable. Yeah. It's it's very funny. And it's it's fun. It's very... it's I don't know. I like it. It's just good. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. <laughs> anyway, Oof. so thank you guys for joining us on this weird journey. Again, we wanted to we wanted to play with we 69. wanted to play <laughs> we wanted to play with the number sixty nine is the funny sex number, and we wanted to play with and and we wanted to play in that space. They're gonna so, play with it again. I'm like, no, well. I was trying to be very careful of my words. Because we won't get to do another fun thing like this until we get to episode 420. Oh, fair. Fair. already have some movies picked out for that. Same. It's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. A couple years. Unless we have an instance... Uh, now I have to check the calendar. Because if we ever have an instance where there's an episode that's going to be coming out on 420... Fair enough. That'll give us the ability to take advantage of it then, too. Hell yeah. Anyway... As always, thank you for listening. We really appreciate your continued patronage, even for weird as fuck shit like this episode. It was a lot of fun, though. Yeah, it, it's a blast. You can find us on our socials through our website, mm-hmm. uh, h2horrorcast.com. And you can uh, email us directly there. There's links to all of our episodes, uh, blog posts, things of that nature. Uh, you can also find a link to our Patreon. It is also uh, available at patreon.com slash h2horrorcast. You can support us financially for as little as a dollar a month. You can also support us in a non-monetary sense through several options. Yeah. One option is rating us on different listening platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google, Audible. Yeah, whatever platform you use. Yeah. Go ahead, give us a rating. If it has an option to rate and you give us a rating, that would be awesome. Another way is by suggesting us to friends yeah. or anyone that you think might be interested in listening to this. We definitely appreciate it. Word of mouth is the best way to get stuff across sometimes. So, Yeah, I mean, honestly, half the podcasts I've, I've listened to were purely by word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Well, except one, but I mainly watched that one on... I, I found that through YouTube, so that, that's a different story, though. Is that one of Simon's? No, uh, Play, Watch, Listen. Ah, one of Alana's. Yeah. Okay. All right, and um, I think that's going to do it for us for this week. Yeah, time to go take a shower. And... I'm going to make dumplings. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, until next time, I'm Tia. And I'm still David. And stay spooky, friends. Bye. Music for this episode is Save Us Now by Shane Ivers. Our artwork is by Catherine Nixon.